Morning, everyone. First Corinthians, into the second chapter. Andy Taylor shared with us a couple of weeks ago. Um, it took us through chapter one. And if you remember, he said about the four boxes. You know, you put some things in box one, some things in box two, some things in box three and four. And getting things in the right boxes. If you remember, that's what he was sharing. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you've got an app or whatever you're going to use, then please turn to it. Um, Because we're looking at second chapter. We're going to read through the whole thing. Um, We're looking at Christ crucified. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Now, none of the rulers of this age understood it, For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For, we, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person with the Spirit does not accept the... Uh, sorry, the person without the Spirit does not accept these things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of the Spirit, uh, sorry, the mind of Christ. Okay. When we first started the introduction, quite a few weeks back at the beginning of January, that was one of the slides church behaving badly when referring to Corinth, because Corinth is the church that has many things going on in it. 
that Paul is trying to address in, in the letter, this letter and in the following letter in, in the New Testament. There are many things that are going wrong that really need Paul's attention. He wants this church to succeed. It's off to a good start, but it's going off course. So we had this slide come up, said church behaving badly. So we get it. We get what, what that means. But that's not really the whole picture. Because I'd say the bigger picture is this. It's church behaving as the church. There isn't, I would, I would say, there isn't possibly a church on the face of the planet, if it's spirit-led, that doesn't have conflict in it of some sort. Because this is just the way the church is. It is not of the world. We are of the world. We come into the church. There's conflict then with God's spirit. There's things that change. Before we go any further, I'd like to go to the very beginning of the letter and read you this. This is the second verse at the opening of the letter. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their, their Lord and ours. So, wow, that's a big statement. Don't you think? It's a massive statement to make. And he's included you. He's included me. He says, all those, everywhere. <laughs> We're listening to that. I'll just have a quick <laughs> Verse 1. He says, to all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that's you and me. This is a really big statement. And the reason it's a big statement is Paul doesn't know us. He, will, he won't meet us. He has long gone from this world. And until eternity, we, we won't meet. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know how I think. He doesn't know how I behave. He doesn't know anything about me at all. And yet... He talks about us being sanctified and being holy. Do you feel sanctified? No. You do, that's good. I don't very often. There's times when I don't, it doesn't even dawn on me. Do you feel holy? Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. It's, I'm, I'm obviously just talking to me now. Do you feel holy? The thing is, these are big statements to make. It comes down to this. There's two ways of looking at it. One is Paul and what he's saying, he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's one way of looking at it. It's not worth the paper it was written on. It's not worth the memory that it takes up on a device that you're reading it from. Or the other thing to look at it and say is, it doesn't have anything to do with you, but it has everything to do with Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm going to share something of a story about me. Uh, 
and this is going back to 1987, the, the time I was getting on in the world, doing my thing, everything is good. I'm not looking for anything different. There's ups and downs, the whole thing. I'm living in the world, going along with the world's wisdom. Everything is good. Then those closest to me start to talk about Jesus Christ and how he has changed their lives. So they share their testimony with me. And I, foolishness, absolute foolishness. That's what it is. That's how I see it. But then during a period of this time, God reveals himself to me, just in a small way, just a glimpse. But I know he's there now. I, I don't understand everything at all. So can you see this? Okay, what can you see? Oh, I want some more detail. Come on, everybody, what can you see? Somebody said a square. Thank you. <laughs> yes, we have a square. Okay. Right. Now what do you see? Okay, so this is... Thank you. Square one. This is square one. This is going to take a lot longer than ten minutes now. This is square one. So I'm going along in the world and I'm happy. I, there's no alternative to what I'm doing. I don't know of anything else. And then God intervenes and I know he exists. I know he's real. So what I do is, having been in the world following this, I step into this. Yeah? Square one. I was in that camp over there. And now I'm in this camp. I belonged in that kingdom, and now I very much belong in God's kingdom. You see, this one goes nowhere. This one results in zero. This one is eternal. I have a diagram of now what happens since 87 in November when I step onto this to today. And this is what it is. So what can you see? It looks very much like that, doesn't it? You see where I am? I'm stood there. Square one. Now my aim, the aim of this, is to get all the way up. The problem is, where I've been in the world for so long, I am so shaped by the world. I am so attuned to the world. Everything that the world does, I pretty much go along with, you know? Pretty much. It's shaped my thinking, it's shaped my attitudes, uh, how I view people, how I value people. It's, it's shaped, shaped me, although I'm an apprentice of the world. So when I get into here, this, there's a lot to do now because the way I am is not the way of God's kingdom. This here is the area in which I confess and I repent. 
and it's a journey. Now, this journey is going to take a while. I can't be specific about the time, but I would say it's going to take the rest of my life. And there are times when I think I'm getting on okay, and I think I'm going in the right direction. And then there are other times when I very much am not. And it feels like I've gone so far backwards. This is where you pick up your cross and follow him. This is where it hurts. Because I am so of the world when I come in here. If I was to tell you everything was sorted there, I'd be lying to you. That is just the beginning. <coughs> there is so much that God wants to do because by the time I get there, I want to be conformed to his likeness. Let's go back to chapter 2. The beginning of chapter 2 Paul is very keen to repeat something from chapter 1. And the first thing he says is, I didn't come with eloquence or worldly wisdom. Doesn't come with that at all. He says, his words were not persuasive, so as to get you to believe. In chapter 1, he says, uh, if he, you know, he says, I've not come to baptise. I've been called to preach the gospel. And he said, not with words of eloquence or wisdom, lest the cross be emptied of its power. And then in chapter 2, when he refers to it again, and he says, I came with fear and trembling. He's not much of a guy, is he? He's not much of a personality type. He's not the sort of person you think, wow, got to go and listen to this guy because he is so good at what he's presenting. He says he's, he presented to them the gospel with fear and trembling and not with eloquence or, or wisdom. Lest your faith be rooted and based and resting in God, man's wisdom rather than in God's power. You see, when I... When I stepped onto that, when I started there, something changed. Something changed. And it wasn't my circumstances at all. It was something changed that put me in God's kingdom. Something spiritual has happened. Now, either that's the case or this is absolute foolishness. See, either something really uh, spiritual has happened because of what Christ has done and me deciding to follow him, or this is a waste of time us talking about this. Otherwise, this means absolutely nothing, and it's just a theory. But you see, Paul's saying he demonstrated, when he spoke, he said, he spoke, he said, uh, and so that there was a demonstration of the Spirit's power. The Spirit's power, he says, the cross of Christ is the power of God. The Corinthians have moved that out of the central position of what they believe. They, they want worldly wisdom because it's, it's good. They, they understand it. It's their, their language. But Paul is trying to put the cross right back in the centre 
of who they are. And he's fearful that they're relying on world wisdom and how well they can present the message rather than seeing God's demonstrate his power in saving people. He goes on to say um, about <coughs> wisdom. The wisdom that we have, he says, we do talk a message of wisdom to the mature. He said, this is revealed by the Spirit of God. And then he goes on to say about how, how the Spirit uh, of God reveals the secrets of God, the deep things of God. Yeah, amen. When Sarah and I, 15, just a little bit more than 15 years ago, when we started seeing each other, you know what? We were on our best behaviour. We were really... We were real, no, I don't mean it. <laughs> I mean, we were on our best behavior because what we're trying to do is we're trying to, to give the right, the right impression. But it's, it's like this. We're looking at each other like this and we're trying to read each other from the outside. And that's all we can see. You see, because it's like Paul says, only the person's spirit within them knows their thoughts, knows who they really are. But after a while, after you've been sort of getting to know one another and you, you're showing some commitment to one another and you're thinking this, is, this could be going somewhere, after a while, you sort of say, oh, this is who I am. And, and you, know, you start to reveal something of yourself so that there's something that you, you begin to understand. And, you know, over a period of time, you get to read more and more of one another because you share more with each other. And Paul says, this is, this is what we have. This is what we've been given. And he says, this is how we understand what God has freely given us. Because the Spirit reveals those things to us. The world does not. The world's wisdom is based on what we can see, what we hear, and what we can then think, and, and our intellect, and how we put it together. We will never discover God like that. We will never know who he is like that. It's through revelation, through when he reveals himself to us, just like catching a glimpse of him and standing there. When I entered square one, I was justified, justified in Christ. Absolutely. I'm in. Now the work begins where God is going to refine me. Like a reprocessing factory, I'm going to go through this and hopefully learn how to surrender to him in more and more uh, areas of my life, more and more things that are deeply affected in me so that then I can reflect his image at the end. How are you in regards to that. How do you see yourself in that? Do you see yourself sort of doing what you consider to be okay? Do you see yourself further up? Do you see yourself approaching the final square? Who knows? You know, because it can all change immediately. It can all change overnight. But he is refining. And there's a, there's a need for us to surrender to him and to his leading. The power of God is in the, in the cross of Christ. 
There's something that God has done that the world doesn't understand, the world doesn't know. And this is only through revelation. If you're not on this, if you've not stepped on square one, then talk to somebody. Reach out to somebody. Because this is a good thing to do. It's, it's, life is different after knowing Christ. Life will never be the same after knowing Christ. This kingdom is eternal. I want to be nearing the top by the time it comes in. Because like was said earlier, this is the time that we call um, the now but not yet. God's kingdom is here, but it's not yet fully come. And this is the time in which all of this can be worked out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. I'm going to pray. If anybody wants to come forward at the end and talk about any of this, or anything that's sort of being shared in the service already, then please do. But um, Lord, we thank you for, your, for the cross of Christ. We thank you for your way of salvation, Lord. We thank you that it's, uh, it may be foolishness to the world and it may not make any sense to the world. But we thank you, Lord, that you've revealed yourself to us and you've revealed that reality to us. Holy Spirit, help us to go deeper into God and to understand exactly what it is you have freely given us. Lord, we are your people. We have been separated by you. We have been called by you. And we pray, Father, that we would be a people that are being refined into the image of Christ. And Lord, regardless of how hard that is at times, regardless of how much of a task that is, regardless of how much pain is in that, Lord, help us to find how we can trust you in these things and allow you to minister and allow you to, to help us repent of those things and, and confess those things to you. Lord, you're not finished with us. And I thank you, Lord, <clears throat> that we can trust you, that we can rely on you to steer, to guide us through. In Jesus' name, amen.